This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. It is very hot where I am, so I have fans blowing on me. I hope that they aren't coming through on the microphone. Shay Hootman, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Germ, thanks for having me. Is there a war on Christmas? So that's an interesting question, and I imagine this it's different depending on which country you're in. Here in the United States, most people hear the term war on Christmas, and that's silly because everyone loves Christmas. How could there be a war on Christmas? But when you really look at it, there's not a war on giving people gifts, on spending obscene amounts of money at Christmas time, on um, even decorating your house with Christmas lights, those having a Christmas tree. If there's a war, it's on any public display that's explicitly Christian. Um, I think most people are at least still vaguely aware that Christmas is the celebration of Jesus' birth. But once you start taking that too far, once you try to make the celebration about Christmas, about Jesus' birth, that's when you start getting into trouble. That's when, um, whether the government or even your neighbors or whatever can be opposed to you celebrating the way you feel that you should. So um, several years ago, it was a bigger thing about all the stores weren't saying Merry Christmas anymore because that actually contains the word Christ. It was only Happy Holidays. Well, thankfully, that's kind of died down. Most places are like, say whatever you want, and uh, as it should be. But um, the war on Christmas is more a focus on not Christmas itself, but how you celebrate Christmas, specifically how much you talk about Jesus. That's really the the war. That's the conflict between kind of a more Christian-focused worldview and the increasingly secular worldview um, coming to blows in our country. What is Christmas in the modern sense? Uh, it seems to have become commercialized. It's uh, it's all about money. Uh, what what is going on? Yeah, uh, every holiday here in the United States has become about money. It's just the difference of what you're spending your money on. So um, originally, Christmas, most of the first immigrants to the United States were um, immigrating for religious reasons, religious freedom, celebrating Christmas. And some of them even because of some of the questionable origins of some aspects of Christmas were into a very um, basic celebration rather than everything you see today. But no, now the everything seems to want to dis distract you from what Christmas Christmas is supposed to be all about. And that approximately 2000 years ago, um, Jesus was born. It's a fairly well attested to historical fact. Um, millions, billions, probably people in the world believe that Jesus is either the savior, the Messiah, the son of God, depending on your theology and believe his birth is worth celebrating because it, what eventually happened in Jesus life, specifically his death and resurrection. So, um, that is what it's supposed to be, but what it's turned into, um, again, I'd, maybe you could speak to more what Christmas is like there, but here in the United States, it is almost entirely about buying each other expensive gifts. And even that points back to, say, like a, a John 3.16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his son. So in receiving that precious gift, we give gifts to others. That's kind of where the gift giving started. But now it's turned it all about the gifts, all about going into huge amounts of credit card debt, trying to buy your loved ones the most extravagant gifts you can. Um, see co constant commercials for cars, like surprising your wife with a car for Christmas. I tell you, my wife would kill me if I bought her a car without talking to her first. So it's stuff like that, that it's a distraction from Christmas giving gifts itself is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. And you can really give someone a really meaningful gift that will really encourage them, up, uplift their spirits. But allowing the gifts to become the focus of Christmas really causes us to miss what it's supposed to be truly all about. What is it truly all about? So for me, as a, a dedicated Christian, I'd say it's about the birth of Jesus. That um, Approximately 2,000 years ago, 
Jesus was born in Bethlehem in what is mm. now Israel, right? Palestinian territories technically. Um, but um, because of Jesus' birth into the world, um, approximately 33 years later, he died on the cross to take to pay the penalty for our sins. And um, God raised him from the dead to demonstrate that his payment was sufficient so that because of his death and resurrection, mm. by faith in him, we can have our sins forgiven, we can be cleansed of them, and we can be promised eternity in heaven, all by, by grace through faith. So without his birth, his death and resurrection could not have happened. So to me, that's what Christmas is all about, a reminder of the precious gift that God gave us. And so that's what I try to focus on, not completely ignoring some of the other cultural aspects. Um, I remember a few years ago, we um, were on vacation for most of December. And when we came home, our neighbors were surprised. So Shay, why haven't you guys put up your Christmas lights? I thought you guys were Christians. And I was like, well, I never even thought of Christmas lights as being a mandatory sign of being Christians. But that was just a reminder for some people. Yeah, the people who put all the Christmas lights up, those are the people who are really celebrating. So we try to do anything to point people to, yes, we are celebrating Christmas. And occasionally we've had people kind of ask us, so what is Christmas to you? And given us an opportunity to then explain why we celebrate it, why we think it's a big deal. I grew up, um, you know, learning exactly what you just told me. Uh, but there's a caveat. There seems to be an addition of family um, and celebrating the love of those who are close to you. Is that also an important aspect of Christmas? Oh, definitely. I mean, getting together for family, like here in the United States, it's interesting in that the two biggest celebrations of getting together for family are Thanksgiving and Christmas, and often they are less than 30 days apart. So, um, but at Christmas, getting together with the family, extended family, in-laws, um, often multiple celebrations. We go with my family to start and then my wife's family later or vice versa, but having a big meal together and just expressing through either through the gifts or just through our words of how much I love these people in my life and I'm grateful for them. Um, that's a huge part of the celebration as well. But um, for us as a, as a Christian family, it's focusing on together celebrating Jesus' birth rather than any of the other um, trappings that go along. But then why do we have Christmas trees and a star and and all the, the music and Dare I say it, Boney M. Yeah. So the, <laughs> so and, and for your listeners who may not know, so I, I serve with gotquestions.org, one of the web's most popular Bible question and answer sites. And every December we are flooded with questions about Christmas and about Christmas trees, about all the different traditions and even hearing some of the traditions from other countries that we don't necessarily celebrate here in the United States. It's very interesting. So the Christmas tree, you know, like most of the Christmas traditions, it's hard to actually pin down where it came from. There's so many different stories of, oh, this is where the Christmas tree came from. No, this, so it was German Protestants coming to the United States and celebrating a symbol was evergreen trees. They never lose their leaves or it's the symbol of eternal life. Or it's like an arrow is pointing towards heaven or um, putting the star on the tree. That's the the star of Bethlehem that appeared to guide the wise men to Jesus. No, it's supposed to be this or that, or there's a passage in the Old Testament in the book of Jeremiah that refers to cutting down a tree and then bringing it into your home and decorating and worshiping. And some people are like, oh no, that's talking about the Christmas tree. It's like, no, it's not. If you actually read the passage, it's talking about cutting down a tree, forming it into an idol, and then actually worshiping that idol, which is I've never met, seen anyone actually worship the Christmas tree in their home. So I'm pretty confident that um, the Christmas tree is not what the book of Jeremiah is talking about. So again, hard to pin down exactly where the traditions came from, but the key point is, what does it mean to you? Um, for example, we had a conversation with someone recently about um, New Year's resolutions. And it's like, did you know that it actually comes from the ancient Babylonians from like 3,000 years ago? And they had a lot of pagan beliefs that went along with it. And I was like, so you're telling me I can't resolve to do something good on a certain day because 3000 years ago, someone was doing that for a bad reason. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So 
all the different Christmas traditions, trees and lights and candles and holly and mistletoe and whatever you want to use to help you celebrate Christmas. Understand what does it mean to you and explain that to your family, explain that to any your friends. Don't say, oh, I have no idea why we always do this. That That shouldn't be the case. You should know why you're doing something and know what it means because otherwise it's just an empty ritual. So then how do you respond to the 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 uber cynics the ones the ones who you know i'm talking about ah but it's a pagan tradition what yeah what is the pagan link yeah so we get a lot of those um a lot of people who are very anti-christmas and um one of our employees makes a joke that every time we receive a message from a christmas hater a a reindeer drowns in a puddle of elf tears so um, that's the inside <laughs> joke there. But um, ultimately, my conviction is this is a matter of Christian freedom. The Bible mm-hmm. does not instruct us to celebrate Christmas. I mean, the, the wise men, the shepherds, the angels, they were all celebrated Jesus being born. So by that, I would interpret it. It is within the realm of Christian freedom for us to celebrate Jesus' birth but we are not commanded to. So if you see all the trappings around Christmas, if you see the pagan origins and that bothers you, you are completely free to not celebrate Christmas. But if I see those same things and study them and decide what do they mean to me, do I think I can honor God by doing these things, then I am also free to celebrate Christmas. And we need to show each other grace and deference in saying, your convictions might be different than my than mine, and that's okay. We need to be okay with other Christians, other people coming to different conclusions than us and not feeling like we have to argue with everyone to make them agree with us on absolutely everything because that just results in conflict. And that's not what no one thinks Christmas is supposed to be about conflict, and yet there's a lot of conflict that goes around, and most of it's come from people trying to force convictions on what ultimately are gray areas or negotiable matters just as a as an anecdote um i made a joke about boney m but isn't it funny how boney m has become synonymous with christmas yep it for sure is (laughs) (laughs) they must love it yes exactly what happened uh biblically when jesus was born uh because another one of those conversations as well we've heard you know contradictory stories mm-hmm. so the birth narratives of yeah. jesus are, rec- are recorded in the early chapter of matthew and luke a little bit in the other gospel but primary matthew and luke so um i mean are you asking me to like summarize the christmas story in the bible or yes uh so it? so for example the nativity scene is 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 quite well known but some it's, argue, well, that's not actually what happened. Yeah. So probably the most common um, thing is, so Jesus was born, uh, Mary, his biological mom, um, miraculously conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. How exactly that happened? No one knows. No need to go into specifics there. And Joseph was his, basically adopted him as his son, as Mary's husband. Um, they were forced to travel to Bethlehem due to a census that was taking place, which is interesting because the Old Testament promises the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So you kind of see God working out the details. It's perfect timing. Um, when he was born, angels appeared to shepherds. So the shepherds then come to the manger scene, so to speak. Um, angels appear there. Um, then the story of the wise men from the east seeing a star in the heaven that first guided them to Israel, but then later specifically guided them to the location where Jesus was. And if you read the story, the wise men actually didn't come the night Jesus was born, but possibly up to a couple years later. So that's kind of interesting. So when you see your little nativity set, if you have the wise men in it, you should probably put the wise men like in your neighbor's house, because that's approximately how far away they would be. So um, lots of stories. Um, the little drummer boy is not part of the Christmas story. Um, Santa Claus, nothing to do with that. Came hundreds of years later, a saint called um, St. Nicholas of Mira, which is a city in Turkey, 
where I did some wonderful things for children and over thousands of years, all the myths, legends get attached to turn them into what is now um, Santa Claus or Father Christmas. But uh, the biblical story is just of God um, miraculously bringing his son into the world to ultimately be our savior and just seeing the how God orchestrated all the events, all the witnesses and so forth is just a, a testimony to um, how he chose to do it. So I just want to make sure I'm following. Uh, the The idea that you can celebrate the birth of Jesus without any of the accessories is absolutely fine. Um, and as is celebrating the birth of Jesus with all the accessories, as long as the common denominator is the birth of Jesus. Yes. So if, if that's your focus, I mean, there are some Christian tradi- Christmas traditions that like my wife and I don't partake of just because uh, that's, I don't, I can't really redeem that. I don't see how it can really point to Jesus, but the vast majority of them, it's, it's not that difficult to understand how something like this can be, a, a symbol of something you're celebrating, a symbol of the birth of Jesus. But it's, again, for us, it's a matter of Christian freedom. It's, do you have to? Absolutely not. Can you? Absolutely, yes, you can. Um, but keep your focus on Jesus and being grateful for what his birth ultimately resulted in. And as long as that's your focus, you can incorporate a lot of different things mm. from your culture, from your family traditions and so forth. But just keep your focus right. And know why you're doing all those things. Don't just do them as like a meaningless, repetitive, rote type of thing. So is Christmas an important tradition uh, in the Christian calendar? For a long time, it wasn't. I mean, the record of Christians throughout church history celebrating Christmas, um, first several centuries, there's very little reference to it. There are a few um, church fathers who spoke about Jesus being born and the whole December 25th thing, if you're interested in that, it was seemed to be to replace a Roman holiday called Saturnalia that occurred around the same time of day. And it's like, um, I haven't read up, up on Saturnalia much recently, but this to say there are a lot of pretty non-Christian things occurring on that time. And so Christians eventually were like, huh, we should probably get rid of that, but why don't we celebrate Jesus' birth instead? So is it a crucial part of the calendar? No, again, the Bible doesn't instruct us to celebrate um, Christ's birth. But over the centuries, millennia now, um, a lot of Christians have been celebrating it. So it has become a very important thing. And if done right, I think we can use Christmas to focus people's attention on the birth of Christ. Because as a Christian living in a largely secular culture, if I get two holidays a year where it's so Christmas and Easter, where people are at least vaguely aware of there's something to do with Jesus. Well, that's a pretty easy bridge into telling them why I think Jesus is important and the difference faith in Christ has made in my life. So um, I view it as very important, but by no means mandatory. I mean, an obvious segue is the idea that uh, Christmas has been what appears to be switched to Xmas. Uh, is that mm-hmm. is that an attempt to remove Christ from Christmas? For some, yes. And for a long longest time, I didn't know where the X actually came from originally. So the Greek word for Christ, Christos, actually starts with the Greek letter that looks like an X. So originally it was just an abbreviation for Christmas. It's just Xmas, short way of writing Christmas. It's not that long a word. I'm not sure why you need to abbreviate it, but originally no. But over the, uh, the decade recently, it has become almost a replacement. So we're celebrating Xmas. It's like, what's Xmas? And for people who don't, are already not really aware of what Christmas is all about, it can be just yet another distraction when you're no longer even saying the word Christ as part of saying Christmas. So originally, no, but it, it can definitely um, be used to be a distraction. When was Jesus born? So um, break out your calendars. So, um, <laughs> evidently, the... I, I forget the names of which pope it was or precisely when it was, but at some point in church history, um, a pope assigned a historian to come up with a new dating system based on the birth of Christ, with the birth of Christ being the dividing line. And so he said 0 AD was supposed to be the birth of Christ. Well, then in later centuries, they started digging more and like, um, 
you were four to five years off. So Jesus was actually born between four and six BC, because in one of the gospel accounts, it mentions Herod the Great still being alive when Jesus was born. He died in this year, which means it couldn't have been zero AD. So uh, approximately five BC, Jesus was born. In months, please don't ask, because probably not December. I lean towards September, but it, it happened one of the 366 days of the year if you can't leap here. It doesn't really matter, though, does it? It, it doesn't. Um, I know people who have birthdays really close to Christmas, and they don't like getting all their presents at once, so they celebrate <laughs> their half birthday six months later. So, um, no, we don't know when Jesus was born. The Bible definitely does not say. Mm. So one day is as good as another. At this point, it's been celebrated December 25th-ish for over a 1,000 years. It's kind of pointless to try to we're going to celebrate Christmas on September 6th from now. And it's like, what? No, it's mm. just, it's pretty settled. Whether that's the right date or not, doesn't matter. Do you think we should fight to keep Christmas um, a, a explicitly Christian um, day? Because it seems to have been adopted now by everybody everywhere. Yeah. Uh, fight might be a little strong. Um, there are absolutely certain things a Christian should fight for certain beliefs um but christmas is not necessarily one of them yes at christmas is not mentioned in the bible i mean jesus birth obviously is but celebrating it is not mentioned in the bible so as i said earlier definitely a matter of christian freedom rather than dogmatism but like i said it's so nice to have a holiday where at least everyone is at least vaguely aware this is a celebration of jesus birth and so I would I fight against secularizing it, turning into something that's entirely devoid of any sort of religious or spiritual meaning. But there there are definitely hills to die on, and I'm not sure this is one of those. You say secularizing. At what point does it in your mind become too secularized? For some, um, a long time ago, um, <laughs> and it's too secularized. Once it becomes all about the gifts, once it people are absolutely like not even aware of what Christmas is supposed to be all about. Um, in our neighborhood, we have some neighbors who just recently immigrated from India, and we had sort of a neighborhood holiday party, we'll call it. And it's having them coming from India, only been in the United States for a couple of years, asking us questions about Christmas. And and that com- that makes sense. They do not come from a Christian culture. You should not expect them to understand Christmas. But then sometimes hearing the same thing, especially from younger people in the United States that having no idea that Christmas has anything to do with the birth of Jesus. Um, but once it c- completely loses its connection to Jesus, that's when it's become too secularized and i can't imagine that ever happening that truly there's no connection but practically speaking for a lot of people that's what it already is Mm. so it's a matter of um christians in a sense fighting to keep jesus as the focus of christmas but without making that a um the end all be all of all christian issues because it's far more important there's many other doctrines and teachings in the bible that are more important than just celebrating Jesus' birth, which, again, the Bible doesn't even instruct us to do. You don't have an issue with concepts like Santa Claus, for example. I mean, I grew up believing in Santa, and uh, I apologize to my listeners who have had their their hopes and dreams crushed now. Sorry, guys, Santa doesn't exist. He's not real. (laughs) But it doesn't seem like it's a harmful idea to me. I agree. Um, I probably believed in Santa until I was, I don't know, seven or eight years old, I'd guess, when it finally, and I don't even think my parents even actually told me. I think it has finally clicked. How did, sorry, how did you, how did you click? What is your, what's your story? Can you remember? Well, it was just, so we lived in South Texas, so Southern United States, and 
um, there's no chimneys down there because it never gets cold <laughs> enough. So it's one of those that like all the cartoons, all the movies you see, Santa's coming down. Like, how is Santa even getting in the house? And um, I didn't like write a letter to Santa. So I told my parents what I wanted and they would usually buy me almost everything I asked for. So it was more of just putting two and two together. It's like, okay, I, I get it now. Um, so we get people like who are really opposed to the whole Santa Claus concept because mm. they feel like they're lying to their kids. And I'm like, okay, if that's your conviction, well then how about don't lie to your kids, turn it into, mm. tell the story of the actual St. Nicholas, like what he did and okay. What we're seeing at the mall is just a fun game we play. We're just pretending that all these Santa Clauses you see are reminders of what the original St. Nicholas was and what he did. And so it's, it's not, actually Santa Claus bringing the gifts. It's your father and I, or yeah. it's your mother or your parents or whatever the family situation is. And to turn it into a game rather than specifically saying, yeah, that present is from Santa Claus. But especially with all the really little kids, I think they understand pretend well enough. Yeah. And there's so many things that we pretend. And I've met kids who were fairly traumatized upon first discovering that Santa's not real, but I've never met anyone where that trauma has resulted in lifelong harm. So it's um, my choice. I mean, God has not blessed my wife and I with kids, but if we would have kids, I think we would take the pretend game, the pretend route in terms of explaining Santa Claus rather than actually telling them it's real. But that would be just how we would handle it versus another parent. But no, I do not think it is wrong to incorporate Santa Claus, St. Nicholas into the Christmas story. As long as you focus it on, you know, there was a real actual person mm. who did some really cool things rather than focus entirely on all the myths that got attached to him over the centuries. But isn't it also biblical, Shay, to have the innocence of a child? I mean, there's, there's a sense of happiness and joy that, for kids that it's only so short it's a few years and then it's over and it yeah. to me it seems so morally wrong to to destroy that yeah and it, trust me if that is your um conviction i would have i would no sense would attempt to move you to a different viewpoint um i would never criticize a parent who um enjoys that childhood in a sense and feels like celebrating santa claus is, is a celebration of that um but to just be careful because once it gets to the point where you're, I don't know, actively deceiving a child who would otherwise understand that this isn't real, that's when it starts to kind of get into an area where maybe it's time to explain what the Santa Claus game is really all about. So, yeah, it's, it's something that each Christian family needs to decide for themselves about to what extent they incorporate Santa Claus into their celebration. Um, I asked you a moment ago how you uh, realized that Santa uh, isn't real. And I remember, I think I think I was about six or seven years old, and I got a watch. At, uh, do you remember those old Casio digital watches? And, oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> and, it's, and on the back it said, Made in Japan. And I remember reading that, and I asked my dad. I said, Dad, uh, it says Made in Japan. And, and he came up with this big convoluted story of, how Santa ran out of stock and he had to <laughs> he had to fly to Japan to get stock and it just became so ridiculous that it eventually just said, you know what? Yes, what's yes, actually what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um but let me get back to uh <laughs> the, the questions. Um I suppose another another important aspect of christmas um is how do you how do you connect jesus to all the commercialism and that's the struggle um it, it it's hard um what does um like i talked about earlier what does buying your wife a car as a surprise on christmas have to do with with jesus um i mean it you can bring it back to the whole gift concept and God giving us a gift in Jesus. But you're talking degrees of separation now between yeah. 
what you're doing and the celebration of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, so, I suppose uh, an extension. Sorry, I interrupted you, but I suppose an extension of that question is, uh, you, know, you know, is the act of gift giving um, unchristian like? Is it anti biblical in this sense, in the Christmas say, sense? Yeah. So I would say, no, it's not. I mean, in the Christmas story, again, I talked earlier about how the wise men probably didn't come till one to two years later, but they brought gifts to Jesus when he was born. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Um, still not entirely sure what each of those were for, but yeah, the very precious, valuable gifts. And so the idea of giving gifts around Christmas, there's always been that connection. But it's a matter of what's your focus, the gifts or the reason you're giving them, what the gifts symbolize. And as long as your focus is on, um, I'm giving you a gift because God gave me a gift in the birth of Jesus, I think that's the right attitude. But a lot of people don't make that connection. I've asked numerous young people, like, so why do you give gifts at Christmas? And they, it's fun because, hey, we get stuff we want, and Jesus never even enters the conversation. So if nothing else, we're not doing a good job at communicating the reason behind the gifts, and that's something we can improve upon. And so many of the Christmas traditions that have taken over Christmas is focusing back, okay, here's why we do these things, like, oh, I never knew that the Christmas lights on our house were supposed to be because the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. That makes perfect sense. Um, so things like that, just focusing on understanding why you do certain things and then communicating that can really bring the focus back on Christ, even with all the different things where at this point, fighting to try to remove all the distractions is a going to be a losing battle. So I approach it from more of, okay, how can we redeem how the culture is celebrating and turn it, its focus back to Christ at least a little bit? You don't have to answer, um, I suppose, but I'm quite curious. What is, a, in, your, in your mind, a typical Christmas day? I mean, you would wake up in the morning. What is the first thing uh, that, that you focus on? Well, this is a podcast where you're interviewing me, so I, I really didn't know that not answering the question was an option. But, um, so, but uh, I'm, I'm happy well, to answer it's, this a, it's, a, it's a bit more personal. That's why I said you don't have to yeah. answer. But so, Okay, so you're asking like, me personally or like yeah. what? Like a, yeah. A typical American, so me personally. Um, again, so God has not blessed my wife and I with kids, so that yeah. changes the dynamic quite a bit. So um, wake up in the morning typically um, enjoy a nice breakfast together with my wife. Um, if we have a particularly special gift for each other, we'll open those gifts just mm -hmm. between the two of us rather than taking them with us to wherever we're celebrating Christmas next. Um, but then very quickly, I'm traveling to a fa another family member's home, either yep. Melissa's parents or my uh, wife's sister, so forth. Right. Um, and then celebrating Christmas with them. And it usually involves a, a big meal like our family several years ago since a lot of american families will have a turkey for both thanksgiving and christmas and i was like why don't we do something different for christmas so we started doing a nice a prime rib mm. steak meal for christmas and now the whole family trust me they are completely bought in to having steak for christmas instead of <laughs> um, turkey but then even even the meal is just a wonderful time together as a family yeah and then usually after the meal around lunchtime is then we'll open presents together as a family, usually read the Christmas story from either the Gospel of Matthew or Luke, just to kind of bring our attention back to why we're celebrating, why we're doing these things. And mm. So th yeah, that's what a typical day is. Um, I, I ask, I know it's a weird question, but I ask because I like to find out what other people on quite v vastly opposing sides of the world do. Uh, as it mm -hmm. turns out, I can pretty much say that I do the same thing, my wife and I, you know, um, with one small difference. And I wanted to ask you about this. What are your views on the idea of some people celebrating or at least the gift giving part the night before? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's um, so my family tradition was that we got to open up um, one present on Christmas Eve rather than Christmas Day. Um, I remember right, my parents would usually be the ones that choose the one like they would let me open the biggest one the one that was the 
um, most important gift. And that was always kind of a bummer as a kid. But um, no, I mean, if obviously that would be well within the realm of decision you make as a family, if you decide to open up the gifts on Christmas Eve so that Christmas can be more of a time of celebration of, of Christ's birth or time with family and not focusing so much on the gifts, I think that'd be a perfectly good and reasonable thing to do. Um, I've heard of other people doing that as well for the sole purpose of trying to remove the distraction. Christina's asking, you didn't mention going to church on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. So um, here in the United States, typically churches will have a service on Christmas Eve. But unless Christmas happens to fall on a Sunday, most churches do not have a special service on Christmas. So they'll do a Christmas Eve followed by Christmas. But obviously, if Christmas is on a Sunday, um, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. So this year, Christmas is a Saturday. So we'll have a Christmas Eve service Friday evening and then nothing on Saturday and then a, another church service on Sunday that will definitely be Christmas focused. But yeah, other than when a Christmas is on a Sunday, typically American churches do not have a special Christmas service, but rather they do have a Christmas Eve. Right. Service. So church is still very much part of Christmas. Oh, definitely. Yes. Mm. If there's, we have a term in the United States called creasters. Those are people who only go to church on Christmas and Easter. And so if there's the two most, the two biggest church attendance days of the year, the United States are the, whatever Sunday is the last Sunday before Christmas and um, Easter Sunday. Um, the two days where people still recognize the importance of celebrating in a mm. religious or faith-based sense those holidays. Is Christmas largely celebrated the same around the world, do you think? Western culture, yes. So like most European countries, most of the countries in mm. um, North and South America, yes. But beyond that, I can't... Uh, it's so hard because like American culture is so ubiquitous that so many other countries like to copy a lot of the American holidays. I've been surprised to learn how many countries that they celebrate Halloween like Americans do. It's like mm. just weird to think of children in the Philippines knocking on other people's doors asking for candy. It's like, why did we have to export that? I mean, seriously. But um, <laughs> of the, but generally speaking, yes. But even the little I know from like some of our translators, it got questions. I've talked to them about how do you celebrate Christmas or some of translating some of our Christmas related articles into another language. They're like, okay, no one in our, I don't even know what this is. So you don't mm. need to translate this particular article. So there's definitely some differences, but a lot of the core story remains the same. Most cultures have some sort of Santa Claus mythology at this point. It can vary significantly. I've even heard some countries have a kind of scary version of Santa Claus that kind of steals children if they don't behave, which Jeez. I think is terrifying. Yeah. Please don't tell that to your children. I mean, if you want to talk about lasting trauma, um, that's <laughs> the direction to go. But um, so, yeah, largely the same. I think gift giving is fairly universal. Santa Claus is fairly universal, but um, Christmas trees aren't universal. Um, some of the other things, not so much. Um, it's interesting. Um, countries that are in the Southern Hemisphere, Christmas is in the summer, while Northern Hemisphere, Christmas is in the winter. So yeah, even so that that's, that's, our, that's our problem, yeah. Yeah, in the United States, everything's about snow let it snow let it snow let it snow and santa and his sleigh um reindeer white, from white north, christmas sorts of things. yeah the white christmas. white christmas doesn't make sense to people in the south where christmas is like the hottest season of the year well that's exactly my problem right now i mean you can see i am i'm struggling it's very hot right now i am in summer and uh i i only know christmas as a summer um no. Uh, holiday you know uh it's mm -hmm. beach weather it's um it, yeah, sure it's the same it's celebrating with a family and eating but it is yeah. hot um there is no yes. snow whatsoever yeah so so we had some friends from australia who lived in colorado for a time and they were like their first christmas here it, it snowed had a really good snowstorm and they're like oh so this is what's all the songs that i've heard my whole life about 
Christmas in snow. This is amazing because in their tradition in Australia, it's like you said, going to the beach on Christmas. And here we're like, it'd be freezing. Why would anyone go to the beach at Christmas? But you, you forget the difference between the hemispheres and how much that can impact how you celebrate Christmas. Here's a great question from uh, somebody watching in uh, in Germany right now. And he, he's asking, isn't Easter far more important than Christmas? From a theological perspective, for sure. But um, kind of like I was talking about earlier, unless Jesus was mm. born, he couldn't have then, born as a true human being, God and man, could not have eventually died and rose from the, the grave. So, but Easter, yeah, I mean, in 1 Corinthians 15, there's a whole chapter basically dedicated to explaining why Jesus' resurrection is so important. And even the early Christians celebrated their primary worship service very quickly became on the first day of the week when Jesus rose as a celebration of that. So there's really early evidence of Christians celebrating the resurrection. His birth being celebrated really didn't come till at least commonplace centuries later. So yes, Easter is definitely a more important um, Christian celebration. It's the biggest Christian celebration, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, or Resurrection Sunday, if you prefer. Um, definitely more explicitly biblical celebrations than Christmas. But again, uh, without Christmas, you couldn't have Easter. So that's kind of how I approach it. Was Jesus born in a manger? The precise greek term just using that it could mean several different things there's some he was not born in a home we know that for sure it seemed it could have been like a cave basically the word means the place where the animals would sleep at night so it could it could be a manger isn't like a wood structure like you typically see it could have been a cave um, i've been to a couple of the locations in israel where traditionally it's thought this is where jesus was born obviously there's no way to know and one of them is actually a kind of an underground cave that was the animals would go there, but it's warmer, protected from the elements and so forth. Um, he was born in a place where animals will kept, were kept. And what precisely that was, we don't know. But then why are the three wise men so important? Because every year we see the nativity scene and, and the, the three wise men are really important and their gifts. What were they again? I forget now. Uh, uh, myrrh, gold, what What were they? Yeah, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yes. Yeah. Why are they so, so important? Uh, and it, again, you're likely the wise men didn't come till a year or two later, but the, the passage in Luke actually says, or Matthew, I forget now, um, Luke or Matthew says that they visited Jesus, Joseph, and Mary in their home. So, they had already moved back to where they were. They're no longer in Bethlehem, probably in Nazareth um, with the three wise men. It's interesting in that they were from the east, which probably means Iraq, modern-day Iraq, Iran, that area. Um, how in the world did they know that a star was supposed to identify the birth of Messiah? Um, Daniel was one of the captives taken from Israel to Babylon. Um, and he had a lot of prophe prophecies and so forth. So that's probably where the tradition started from. But something in the sky identified that the birth of the Messiah um, had happened or was going to happen, which led the wise men to travel to Israel. They arrive in Jerusalem, come to the King Herod, and it's like, where was the Messiah born? And then they look and find in Isaiah where it says he'll be born. Oh, I'm sorry, Micah. He'll be born in Bethlehem. So then they go to Bethlehem, and um, but then the star actually leads them differently. And what's interesting about that, a star in the sky can lead you in a direction like the North Star, for example, but a star cannot lead you to a specific location. So it must have been some other miracle light in the sky, whatever that was that led the wise men specifically to where Jesus, Joseph, and Mary were at that time. So it's just a really interesting story, mm. but um, even the meaning of the gifts, some people think they were one of them was used in like the burial spices for Jesus 33 years later, or a gift of gold would have been extremely valuable to a poor family. I mean, Joseph as a carpenter would not have been a wealthy man. So it's just the, the whole story of God sending people from hundreds or maybe thousands of miles away to celebrate the birth of the <laughs> Messiah. It's just a, it's a, it's a fascinating story 
is it really that important to the narrative? Maybe not. Not not that important. I, I'm I'm sorry. I laugh now because as you said that, <laughs> I had the the vision of if if it were a modern day story. The wise men might have brought uh, what Bitcoin and uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to think of uh, of some other modern currency, uh, uh, US yeah, dollars, um, <laughs> yes, uh, Bitcoin, um, some expensive <laughs> perfume from Calvin Klein, and um, what's a really tasty spice? Um, I don't know, um, cumin, cinnamon, or cumin, <laughs> or yeah, something like that. Um, uh, which type of food do you like the best? Look, Shay, I, I'm asking you all, the, all these questions uh, because they're sort of the questions that you get on gotquestions.org, which is a phenomenal website, right? And, and I, I, you know, you're preaching to the converted, right? I agree with everything you're saying. But what happens when you talk to somebody who is extremely cynical and says, well, you're just trying to dilute everything so that you can incorporate all the all the nice things of commercialism. So, and that's should we expect people who aren't Christians to celebrate Christmas? I mean, no, I, I don't expect that. I would expect someone of that persuasion, so to speak, to celebrate Christmas in a secular sense. Um, most non-Christians here in the United States, whether they're um, Americans by birth or immigrants, um, typically celebrate Christmas in a more secular sense. There are Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, etc., atheists, agnostics who still celebrate around December 25th. To them, has a completely different meaning. But a lot of the trappings around Christmas are it's fun, and giving someone a gift and receiving a good gift. It's fun. It can be a real blessing to borrow a, a Christian easy term. But um, ultimately, originally, it was a Christian holiday. So I don't think as Christians, we need to be bashful about saying, hey, wait a second. I mean, you, you are free to celebrate this how you see fit or not celebrate it. But this is what the, the Christmas holiday is originally all about. And therefore, it is not wrong for me to celebrate it in that sense. So again, it's a matter of perspective and keeping your attitude right mm -hmm. and realizing not everyone views the state the same as you do. And that's okay. Um, so there's a wonderful, I'm not a very pushy person. Good. So um, I tend to defer to others as long as they will defer to me. There's a wonderful article on, um, on godquestions.org. Uh, that talks about the uh, phrasing of Merry Christmas. And I really was inspired after reading that um, because it says, you know, if someone says Happy Holidays, say Merry Christmas. Don't buy into the, the, um, the diluted form uh, of uh, enjoy the festive season, Happy Holidays. If it means Christmas to you, say Merry Christmas. Not so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's... Um like I, I think one of the first questions you asked was about um, people saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas and in stores, that was very, very common. But now you see it, typically they will lead with happy holidays. Um, but then if you say Merry Christmas back, then they'll like, oh, then they'll say Merry Christmas. So just being bold, like, like you said, if someone says happy holidays or um, whatever, then say Merry Christmas in return, just to let them know that that's, um, your focus. And then a lot of people are even like early yesterday, um, our UPS parcel delivery driver delivered a package that we'd been waiting for. So thankfully mm. I got my wife's present in time. So yes, thank you. Um, but I said, I said, Merry Christmas to her and she's got a, a big smile on her face. Mm. It was like, Merry Christmas. So you could tell that even having the freedom to say that, which she was probably instructed to not say that unless someone says it to her first so that sort of thing so yeah be be bold i mean don't be bashful about celebrating mm. christmas don't be annoying either but don't be bashful about why you're celebrating what you're celebrating but but what you're suggesting is that there's nothing wrong in having a sense of pride in christmas and the meaning thereof well said I, exactly i 
nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be bashful about. Um, there's a difference between like, being bold and then, like I said, being annoying about it. So try to find that line where you want to be bold and you want to make people curious. Like, wow, it's Shay celebrates Christmas hardcore. I wonder why. But then not to the point that oh, Shay is like really annoying. It's kind of like to me that like, Christmas lights are a good illustration. You want, you want it to be beautiful, but you don't want it to be gaudy. You don't want people to look at your house. Oh, wow, that's overkill. So that's kind of the balance in your attitude. You want people to know you're celebrating, but not to do it so loudly that people, other people are turned off by it. Okay, but I'm going to throw a curveball at you, if that's okay. Uh, yeah, God- I played baseball. I'm, I'm good with curveballs. <laughs> <laughs> well, gotquestions.org is fairly interdenominational uh, from, from what I can tell. But how do you deal with extremely different variations of Christmas? For example, Catholic tradition is very vastly different to, say, Pentecostal Christmas. Yes. So um, for clarification purposes, um, here in the United States, interdenominational means more of uh, kind of mix everything. It doesn't matter. I would describe us more as non-denominational and that we don't identify with any particular one. I mean, we are um, theologically conservative, evangelical, Protestant ministry. So that's the tact we take in our answers. But when, especially when there's, this is something that Christians can in good conscience disagree on, we try to be very charitable in how we answer questions. So if it's an issue where, I think there are three valid interpretations of this passage. What we'll usually do is okay, here are the three different views and here's the one we prefer and why. But so like, for example, if I were to ask you a question about something on your family or your culture, I'm not asking you to, okay, here are the 10 different views. You pick one. It's like, no, I'm asking you as a friend, Hey, what do you think about this? And so that's how we approach the people asking us questions. They're not, they want us to actually tell them what we think, not just here are the 10 views, you make up your own mind. Um, and some of these other issues, I mean, we're definitely not Catholic. We have some um, significant disagreements with the Catholic Church and other things. And you mentioned Pentecostal. There's some less important things we disagree with our Pentecostal brothers and sisters, but we try to disagree agreeably. We try to show respect in how we... Uh, present their viewpoints fairly before we express why we disagree. And even with the Christmas stuff, there's so much of it that's a, either a gray area or a negotiable matter that there's very little that we really need to focus on. Um, and that's far too often lacking, especially here mm. in the United States. People can get really focused on their, we, we call it like a hobby horse or a right. soapbox issue where this is the one thing, most important issue for me. And it's like, Really, there's like two verses in the whole Bible that even talk about that. Why are you making that the end-all be-all? So try to major on the majors and minor on the minors, that sort of attitude. But when you're a ministry where people ask you questions, you can't just say, oh, I don't want to answer that one, even though you gave me permission earlier. But as a ministry, we can't exactly do that because we're like, come ask us any question that's spiritually related. And so that opens us up to all sorts of things. So... um, but then not being dogmatic where it's not necessary. There are some things we're always going to be dogmatic about and other things where it's like, here's our view, but you don't have to have the same view mm. in order for me to consider you my brother or sister in Christ. Okay, let's horseshoe and uh, let's, let's come in for a landing. If I were to ask you to summarize Christmas, mm-hmm. what would you say? Summarize Christmas. Are you asking as a believer or a non-believer well obviously you're a believer so therefore your answer as a believer okay um christmas is the celebration of jesus birth it is approximately two thousand years ago um, four to five bc jesus was was born it's a well-attested historical fact um and as, as a christian i believe that jesus was god incarnate he was god in the flesh come to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins and through his resurrection to demonstrate that payment was sufficient 
and thereby by faith in him, trusting his death as the payment for our sins, we can have all our sins forgiven and be promised an eternity in heaven. So to me, Christmas is a celebration of that, um, the, his birth, which enabled his death and resurrection. I celebrate Christmas um, as, with as much focus on Jesus as possible, but in light of the culture that I live in. And if the culture is going to celebrate Christmas in certain ways, I can adopt some of those and use those to point people to Jesus rather than shunning everything. Because biblically speaking, a celebration of Christmas would be very, very simple. That our culture makes a big deal of it. So let's find a way to make that big deal point to Jesus. That's kind of the attitude me and my family take towards Christmas. And um, But yeah, to me, it's ultimately a celebration of Jesus' birth. And the gift giving is done in remembrance of the precious gift that Jesus was, that God gave to us. I ask this question to all my guests. So the interpretation is open to you, but in front of you, there is a crystal ball. What do you see? Hmm. Interesting. This wasn't on the list of questions you sent me ahead of time. <laughs> um, so, Chris, huh. That's interesting. My first reaction was, it's interesting, just in the culture that we live in, my first reaction was, I don't like the direction the world is going. Um, and that's weird that that was my first reaction in light of everything we've talked about. Because a huge celebration that I really love is coming up. But a crystal ball would be looking forward from what I'm seeing in the culture now. I can see it getting increasingly secular, increasingly non-Christian, increasingly opposed to the beliefs that I hold dear, the beliefs that I believe are so important. And that's, it's sad. And some people overemphasize how Christian a nation the United States once was. I don't know that it ever was as Christian a nation as people say it was, but it's definitely drifted away from the God-focused foundations. Originally, in a lot of countries have gone that same route, and that's really sad to see. So I'm hopeful in Christ, and I know that um, he holds the future, and I know in the end God wins but I'm not very optimistic about the direction the world is going. And that's, um, that's sad, but at the same time, it should be for me, it's a motivating factor to get the word out. And so that's kind of what got questions is all about. And that for as long as we can, as long as big tech allows us to have a big voice on the internet, mm. we're going to be there trying to speak the truth and love on these issues, helping people to understand God's word better, helping people understand culture better, why we do the things we do, um, and ultimately pointing people towards Christ, who we believe is the answer to um, what they're truly seeking for in life. But yeah, a crystal ball, trying to see into the immediate future. Sadly, I'm not super optimistic about what that future is going to look like. I'm on your side. I mean, I also see that. Uh, and I, I really hate the fact that you said the same thing as, as, as what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a great minds think alike. Is that is that the answer we're looking for? Or fools never oh. differ. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Nicely but done. I have the most important question. Uh, I've I've been holding it back until now. Are you ready? Okay, hit me. Right, you ready? Here we go. Here okay. we go. Eggnog, yes or no? <laughs> 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 My, my wife is a big fan of eggnog. Every year we'll get a, a carton of eggnog from the grocery store. And... No, you can't buy it. You have yeah, to make we it. Buy it. Um, <laughs> we, we buy it. Um, I've gone from being, okay, this is gross. Why would anyone want this? To, <laughs> to tolerate it. To like, okay, with the right seasonings added to it, I can enjoy a good cup of eggnog, but... I would still describe myself as not a big fan. <laughs> yeah. I think it comes down to how you make it. I yes. I make it. I actually I personally make it. I love I love egg dog. So 
Hey, email me the recipe. <laughs> we'll give your we'll give yours a try. I will do that. Shay, where can people find out more? So sure. Um, our website is gotquestions.org. It's pretty simple. You can come to the website. Um, you can ask any question that we have. We've got a team of like 250 volunteers who help us answer all the questions we get. But even on the website, we've got approaching 8,000 frequently asked questions on basically any topic related to the Christian faith that you can imagine. So uh, that's the easiest way to get a hold of us. We, of course, you can find us on YouTube. We've got hundreds of videos. We have our own podcast where we kind of dive into some of these issues um, a little more in depth than we typically do in the articles. So um, you can just search for us on Google, search for us on YouTube, and you'll, you'll find our content. And again, um, our slogan is, got questions, the Bible has answers, we'll help you find them. And that's, that's what we're all about. Shahudman, thank you so much for joining me in the trenches. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com. 